I love cultural history. I love it. I soak up details and facts and information about the history of different cultures anytime I can. I listen to podcasts. I read blogs, watch documentaries. And when I meet someone from a different culture, especially if they are a seasoned person, if you know what I mean, I ask questions. Or if, if I meet an older person from my own culture, I ask questions. I think that's why I loved volunteering in a nursing home when I was in college. I love hearing stories and details about people's lives, especially when it comes to their culture. Now, this is especially true when it comes to food. Every culture, every family has that recipe or that dish or that particular food that has been passed down for generations. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's been a movement recently of younger generations wanting to make sure that the trades and tricks and techniques and such from different cultures are being carried on or passed down. There's even a whole YouTube channel now of Italian grandmas sharing their signature pasta recipes because their grandchildren don't want the techniques to get lost. Now, today's guest is not only carrying on the traditions of her family and her culture, but she's doing it in such a way that is impacting the next generation to come in a way you'd never imagine. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. And this show's all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Now, each week I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, a nonprofit director, a community leader, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Cecilia Polanco, the founder of the local Durham food truck, So Good Pupusas, and its nonprofit partner, Pupusas for Education. Now, if you're not local to the Raleigh-Durham area, you are probably wondering, why would I bring on a local food truck owner onto the show? Well, Cecilia's story of how she went from being a university scholar to the owner of a food truck with a mission is absolutely incredible. I told her this during our interview that I want to be her when I grow up, and I'm older than her, so <laughs> I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. So without further ado, on to my chat with Cecilia. Hey, Cecilia, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here in the studio. As I always share on the show, I love to have people live in the studio because most of the time I'm just talking to myself or in a, in, you know, or so talking to somebody through mm -hmm, a computer. Mm -hmm. So it's always nice to have people here with me in the studio. Yeah, it's really cool to be here in the studio with you. I know. So I am so excited to talk with you for so many reasons. Um, we have a, well, she's your family. She's my mm -hmm. friend, um, Cindy. So I know Cindy through Burn Boot Camp, and she raves about you mm -hmm. and talks about you and So Good Pupusas all the time. And I was just like, I need to have her on the show because what you are doing is incredible. So before we get too far into it, I want to have you do what I have all my guests do. And that's give us the Cecilia 101. So tell us your story and where you are from and how you got to where you are today and starting So Good Pupusas. Okay, that story, that's, uh, I'm going to tell the brief version. <laughs> you can tell as long as you want or as short as you want. It's up to you. Um, but first, I, I'll give a shout out to Cindy and to my family who are my biggest supporters. I love it. They come out to the truck, they buy pupusas, they show out, and it's because of them that I think we've been as successful as we have been. So that's awesome. Shout out to them. Yes. Um, and for me, well, I am part of this 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 special family in um in Durham we yeah. so many of us have moved here and grown up here and we have this strong network um together and i think that's that's really the secret sauce to my story yeah um because it's taken a village to get me to where i am 
Um, Did you grow just, up here in Durham? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was born in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, a few of the, my cousins in my generation were born in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, my family lived there for, I think, about 10 years before moving here. Yeah. Right around my first birthday. Yeah. So I grew up in Durham. Yeah, this is home. Mm-hmm. This is home. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I grew up here, and um, I went to through the public school system here, um, and my in my senior year, I was at Northern High School. Um, I was applying for, for college, for scholarships. Um, one of my older sisters and Cindy were kind of the first people in our family to go to college, yeah. and, and they both went to Carolina. Oh, yeah. Hey, go, go Heels. Yes, exactly. Go so Heels. That was my dream school since I was a little girl oh. to go to Carolina, like my big sister, my big my big cousin, and, and just like <laughs> seeing them on campus, I was like, that's where I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Cindy was a counselor for Project Uplift, um, which is like a... Um, a campus visiting program um, and so I was part of that program and I got to see so many students of color including my own cousin yeah you know thriving at Carolina and having a great time and that I, I wanted to go there so bad yeah um, and so my senior year I was applying to Carolina applying for a lot of scholarships and I was really blessed to be a recipient of the Moorhead Kane Scholarship. That's amazing. UNC. So I had a full ride to, to Carolina. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, so that that really changed that changed everything for me. And I, I didn't wait to see all my other applications. I was like, I'm going to UNC. That's it. Yeah. Like, just for dream peop- come true. For people that don't know, the Moorhead Kane Scholarship is like the one of the most prestigious, if not the most prestigious scholarship at Carolina. I actually, one of my friends from church is in charge of the Moorhead Kane program now. Um, mm. And so, I mean, I've, and she's kind of explained to me like how, you know, grueling it is. What's her name? Carmen Kent. Carmen Kent. I love you Carmen. You know Carmen? Carmen. She, oh yeah, my she was gosh. one of my See, advisors. Small world. Yeah, she was one of my advisors while I was at Carolina, and she was great. I think that they're also, they're not part of my village. You yeah. Know, people who, who looked after me and, and yeah. supported me, and Carmen's amazing. She's incredible. Yay. She's incredible. Yeah, but I mean, really, I mean, it's, I don't know how else to emphasize, like, how prestigious this is. So that is, that's incredible. So you get a full ride to Carolina, and what did life look like for you after that? Uh, well, and then, well, before I went to Carolina, I decided to take a gap year. Oh, yeah. Which was also kind of out there yeah. because um, it was also on a scholarship. I was yeah. part of the first cohort of Global Gap Year Fellows at yeah. UNC through the Campus Y. And I'd never I'd never heard of a gap year, didn't know anyone who had taken a gap year. Um, but I was really taking a chance on an, on an opportunity. So yeah. I credit my gap year for a lot of what happened afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and my experience at Carolina. So so I came back from my gap year, I went to Carolina, and my first year there was pretty tough. Um, I stayed pretty much to myself and focused on academics, um, but then after that I wanted to get more involved. And so my my sophomore year is really when I started to talk about what I wanted to do with my, with my college experience, opportunity, the resources there, other than pursuing my degree. Right. Right. Because everyone in, in our, you know, in our four, in our four years, we, we graduate with our degree, but what else did we do while we were there? Mm-hmm. And Caroline is big on that. Like, what's your heel print? You know, mm-hmm. what are, what's, what's your, how are you embody the Carolina way? Right. And so for me at Carolina, I started to, to, um, hear a different narrative about myself. Mm. Um, And so I was taking Spanish classes with uh, Professor Julia Cardona Mac. Mm -hmm. And she was, she just, she just rocked my world. I can't put it any other way. Um, I I took 
in, uh, Spanish for Heritage Speakers, mm-hmm. uh, and that was my first Spanish class with her. And I'd already placed out of Spanish, but I wanted to get a little bit better at it, have a little more practice. Um, and she just she she just understood me. She yeah. was like, I under, I know that you kind of know how to read. You can probably talk it fine, um, but maybe you don't know where accents go. And I was like, How does she know? <laughs> and so uh, I just kept coming back to her classes. And it was also the first time I had a Latina at the f- head mm. of the classroom. Mm. And so it was huge for me to see myself represented right. in that way. Right. And so I just loved being in that space with her. I, I, so I took three or four more classes that I didn't even need just because I wanted to be around her. And she really encouraged my ideas in a way that I hadn't been encouraged before. Mm. Like, um, you know, so talking about wanting to start a food truck. Yeah. So that started as like a, just like a joke with my sisters and my family. Like, oh, moms, moms foods are so good. I bet we could, we could sell them. We 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 can make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Wait, before you get to that, I want to ask this question because uh-huh. you said something that just really stuck out to me. You said I began to hear a different narrative about myself. Yes. Uh-huh. Tell me what that means in in context of of what were you struggling with before this time and how did it start to shift for you? Right. So I think that. Growing up uh, in Durham, in the public school system, especially in high school, is when I started to get more feedback, more messaging about myself. And it wasn't always blatant messaging. Mm -hmm. Um, It was uh, just maybe conversations with maybe certain teachers, certain administrators, or a counselor where I maybe wanted to take, one instance was I wanted to take three AP classes. Uh, my junior year because I really wanted to be a junior marshal. Mm-hmm. In order to be, they're the top 12 in the school, you have, you pretty much have to take three APs. And so I wanted to do that. I went in to talk to my counselor and, um, you know, they told me, oh, well, that's that's really challenging. Like, are you are you sure you want to do that? It's going to be really hard. You know, maybe you'd do better or you'd be, you know, you'd be stronger if you took some honors classes and things like that. And I really hadn't even thought about doing anything other than taking three AP classes. Right. And so I, I went home and I, and I thought about it and I told my sisters what happened and they were outraged. Mm. They were like, how, how dare they say that to you? Um, we're going to go to the school. We're going to talk to them. And I was freaking out. I w- didn't want any conflict. I was like, <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll go back. I'll handle it tomorrow. Yeah. And it was one of the first instances when I, was, when, when I really felt that, that messaging towards me. Um, and and just just uh, even instances about you know Northern being talked about as a low performing school mm-hmm. and um, kind of you know I I was I wasn't the cream of the crop at Northern I I would say that I I was I was up there but I wasn't I wasn't in in the top of our class I didn't have straight A's I always had a B in something one year I had a B in PE and I was so mad <laughs> um, but you know that's yeah. just that's just part of it you know that's yeah. and so. And so I didn't really consider myself like the best of mm. the best. And so applying for the Moorhead Cane was me going out on the limb. Yeah. And um, I, I don't believe that my school nominated me for it. I think I self-nominated. Um, I didn't I didn't know about opportunities like governor's school. Um, yeah. I I think I, I applied to Duke. Um, and I think I would have, uh, or, or even just a couple of other schools that I applied to, I think my... Um, my chances of getting in would have been stronger had I taken, had I known about and taken SAT subject tests. Right. I didn't even know what those were, and I was, like, about to graduate. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, 
that is all just a few examples of the messaging um, I would receive about myself about even statistics about how Latinas um, tend to drop out of school, mm-hmm. tend to become pregnant, um, or just other things like that. And yeah. so I, the message I, I wasn't receiving about myself was, yeah, you can go, you can definitely go to college. Where do you want to go? Like, let's nominate you for prestigious merit scholarships. Like, this is what you should be thinking about. There weren't adults in, in pl- positions of power that were empowering you there to, were some, to push you. There were some, there were some but some, there yeah. were also some that weren't. Yeah, and so yeah. it was. It was. Conf- it was a conflicting message mm. where it's like this is going to be a really hard path for you, and others I would like you should go for it. Yeah, and so I think that a lot of students are experiencing that, and if there aren't more voices that are supportive, that aren't overwhelmingly like combating those negative messages, yeah, that we can fall into believing the negative ones instead right. of the positive ones. Right. And so I think that that's where that's why I credit m- my successes and and just where I am. I, I believe that it's because of every person who believed in me before yeah. I did, mm. everyone who invested in me, everyone who took the time to mentor me. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, that it took all of those. It was almost like inception. Like the more I was told, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. I was like, okay, maybe I can. Maybe yeah. I should go for it. Yeah. And so, yeah, though that's that's what I mean about like uh, – yeah. the negative and messaging. then you had and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you have this professor and I feel like <clears throat> I can think of you know in college that one professor who just really challenged me and encouraged me and um, I think we all kind of have that person yeah. in our lives or we mm-hmm. long for that person um, and so you have this professor who starts to kind of speak these things into you and just really you, you start to challenge yourself and um, and so then this was now where the idea for the food truck comes from. So before we get really even into the story of the food truck, for those that do not, that are, are, are dis, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, are, I don't they, even know. They're what, missing out. They're missing out. They're missing out. If you don't know mm-hmm. what a pupusa is, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> so I am obviously very white, uh, but <laughs> I grew up in Herndon, Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., and my entire neighborhood was uh, Latina, black, uh, Asian, Vietnamese. I mean, like you name mm-hmm. a race and that was my neighborhood. And mm-hmm. But there was a very, very, very high Latina population right around where I lived. And so all of my best friends were El Salvadorian. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was and it was like they were all El Salvadorian. So, I mean, there mm-hmm. was maybe a few from like Guatemala, Venezuela, but mm-hmm. it was mostly El Salvadorian. Yeah. Well, one of my best friends was El Salvadorian and we um, – I remember, I guess it was in like third grade, we were doing this group project and we had to pick a country and then there was like a big fair at school. And so we had to like do a presentation on this country and we had to bring food that was authentic to this country. Mm -hmm. And so we chose El Salvador and um, my friend's mom was like, I'm going to make pupusas for you. I'm going to show you how it's done. Like that is a terrible mm-hmm. accent. Oh my gosh, I'm mm-hmm. brutal. It's terrible. But you know what I'm saying. But <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to make you pupusas. You guys are going to learn how to make them. We're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. And my life was changed mm-hmm. after that. Like this is mm-hmm. a life changing food introduction for me. Yeah. Um, so for people that do not know what a pupusa is, which is probably one of the most delicious foods on the planet, explain to them the deliciousness mm-hmm. of this. And and is this just something that like you you grew up eating? Like your mm-hmm. mom's pupusas are just Amazing. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a Salvadoran mom oh, thing yeah. to do. <laughs> yes. It's like I'm gonna feed you, gonna and feed we're you. gonna you're gonna learn something in the process. Yes, and so yeah, pupusas are they're they're the staple Salvadoran food. Like it's what our country's known for. Um, 
it's something that is very special for me. We before I had the food truck, we only used to have them on special occasions, mm. and so so it's like a very like nostalgic and mm-hmm. yeah. It's like oh, we're gonna have pupusas. Yeah. yeah, and so for me, growing up with pupusas, pupusas have have come to represent a lot of special things. I think it is it is nostalgic. Um, I think that it it's a way that the Salvadoran diaspora in the United States keeps connect keeps that connection yeah, yeah. to to home mm-hmm. to what is home for them and and it's a way that they keep that we keep our culture alive our traditions alive through through those culinary con- mm-hmm. traditions and so pupusa it's um a thick tortilla Mm-hmm. with the stuffing on the inside mm-hmm. and the skill behind it and why I, I call my mom an artist and, and, and a chef and how she prepares the food yeah. is that it's 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 hard to get that technique down to get the filling right. Um, and even before the filling, to get everything that goes inside right. That's mm-hmm. what I've been learning for the last um, year or two is, is how to do all of that from yeah. her. And there's not a recipe um, she's like, this is what we do. We're gonna taste it and see what it needs. And I just had no idea what I was doing for it. <laughs> I didn't know how to make wusas when I first started. It's so funny because I remember, like, that's that's hilarious that you say that there's not a recipe. Because I remember that was my frustration. <clears throat> my friend Vilma and I were like, Vilma's like, Mom, like, we have to have a recipe card. And she's like, she's like, Oh no, Vilma, there's no recipe. Like, and she's like, Well, we have to have a recipe card for our project. And she's like. And her mom was just so, mm-hmm. I remember, so frustrated because she was like, there is not a recipe for the pupusa. Like, she's like <laughs> you taste it as you go. You yeah. Know? And I'm like, you can't just write that on a pro- like a school project. Yeah, yeah. And it's, so that's, it's so funny because I think that that was part of my frustration early on, too. I was like, mom, let me measure everything before you put it in. Mm-hmm. But no, she'd just be like, oh, throw something in, throw something in. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't keep up. And so I was like, I'm not, this, this, it's not going to work this way. And I came to realize that that's, how um, traditions are passed on, yeah. Uh, especially in our culture, is that you have to you have to earn it. Mm-hmm. It's not given, you know, on a recipe card. It's it has to be earned through uh, blood, sweat, and tears, and hours in the kitchen, like um, with with the big paleta to turn <laughs> all the modo and getting burnt by the beans and all all that kind of stuff. Like, it takes hours, yeah. Of putting the work in to to earn it and to keep it alive, and yeah. I think that that's what makes it so special is that that's what it takes. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like um, I think about the Karate Kid sometimes when he's like wax on, wax, <laughs> wax on, wax on. Wax on. <laughs> so what am I learning here? And so um, I've I've realized that that's what it takes, and that that's how it needs to be passed on mm-hmm. and kept alive yeah. through people who will take the time to intentionally learn, mm-hmm. not just how is it done step by step, but what is it about my mom's method mm. that makes it my mom's? Mm. You know, that makes it special because she has a certain taste, a certain sazon to it. Yeah. And inheriting that, it takes so much work. So once you're there, once I've, I've started to get there, it's, um, I'm so proud. Yeah. I'm proud of how far I've come. I can tell she's proud of how far Aww. I've come. Like, I know she's proud that I went to school, but she's like, Ay, mija, puede ser pupusas. <laughs> like, I know that she's... <laughs> excited about that and she's like wow sometimes i impress her and just recently like i was i've been making the model by myself and she's like te quedo bien te quedo bien and i'm and i'm like ya me puedo casar it's a joke like can i get married now since i know how to make pupusa <laughs> and she'd be like yeah you know they, they joke like that um but but yeah it's been it's been an incredible journey learning my mother's recipes yeah recipes like loosely 
loosely use recipes but it's and that's i think i wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't my job to yeah. do that right now and yeah. so i i'm really grateful for that experience that time i'm spending with my mom and with my tias and with my sisters and just everyone in my family who has who has something to teach me yeah about how to make my curtido how yeah. to you know how to make how to, an easy way to go about doing something yeah and that is all special things that everyone has put in because almost everyone all the women in my family have a slightly different way of making their pupusa yeah. or a slightly different way they like their modo and so I've had to be like I well I can't just straight up choose one to copy mm-hmm. I've all I've got to form my own you got to form your own yeah, yeah I was gonna say that yeah I know you are loving and soaking up everything about this chat with Cecilia. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show, who's able to help make the show possible. And as you know, that's Causebox. Causebox is one of my favorite ethical subscription boxes. I have been a subscriber for over two and a half years. How it works is each season, a new box is released filled with everything from accessories and home goods and jewelry to the best in skincare and wellness products that are not only amazing, but they are also doing the most good. The fall box spoilers were just released and I am already so excited. I cannot wait to see what comes in this box. A tote from October Jaipur, a gorgeous handmade scarf and beauty products that I cannot wait to try out. I am so excited. Like the summer box, I know this fall box is going to sell out fast. So hurry on over to stillbeingmolly.com slash causebox and use the coupon code molly for $15 off and reserve that fall box. Now back to my conversation with Cecilia. What I love so much is not only that you have this, um, I love the way you talk about your family. And and I know that is so, so huge. And you just, mm-hmm. you from the beginning, you just talked about how your family is your biggest supporter and, and family, family is everything. And I just love the way you talk about, like, mm-hmm. my mom's proud I went to college, but she's really proud that I learned that book, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so you got this idea for the food truck. Mm-hmm. And um, what I love is that it's, it's a taste of El Salvador with a side of social justice. Mm-hmm. And so um, tell me where the idea for the food truck came from. You said it kind of at first was a joke a little bit. Yeah. And then where did it go from there? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean, a taste of El Salvador with a side of social justice? So there's a couple questions in there. But, yeah, I'd love to, to hear all that. Well, the food truck, once we, you know, we joked about it, but the food truck is really a means to an end. Mm-hmm. It is the way we accomplish our goal. Yeah. And our ultimate goal is to... The, the what I really wanted to do, my my kind of aha moment was uh, at Carolina. I was like, okay, what I want to do with my time here and the resources and opportunities is to start a scholarship fund mm. because scholarships changed my life. Yeah, it changed my life in being able to attend Carolina, you know, through the Morehead Kane, be able to take a gap year, a couple other scholarships I received that you know helped me, mm-hmm. helped me because because I I I I come from a low income background. And so having access and and not having to have that financial worry is why I wanted to go to Carolina in the first place because I knew I would I could I could qualify for Covenant and that was my goal was to graduate with little to no debt and not put a financial burden on my parents. Mm. Um, and so since scholarship changed my life, that's how I wanted to pay it forward. And I started, you know, with this different narrative I was hearing about myself. Um, also, um, I stopped I stopped thinking of myself. In, t- in terms of what I didn't have mm. or what I couldn't do or ways in, w- in which I was disadvantaged. Yeah. And because I was hearing a lot of like, well, you don't have this, so let us help you by, you know, doing this. And there was a lot of programs like that that did help me, but they also enforced that narrative. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I started talking about 
ways I, in which I have privilege and everyone has privilege and what can you do about that to check yourself that I started to think more about, well, I have privilege in that I was born in the United States and I'm a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. and I, you know, I can travel and I have a passport and, um, you know, I'm, I can apply to FAFSA mm-hmm. and I'm eligible for a merit-based scholarship like the Morehead Kane. And so I started challenging again, like, I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky to be here. And I was like, yes, I'm lucky to be here, but now I have a responsibility. Mm. And so um, that's what I wanted to do. Oh, that's what I, ha- that's how I wanted to make my time at Carolina really meaningful, is figuring out how to start a scholarship fund for undocumented students who are part of my family, part of my school, part of my friend pool. Like, they're, they're, I mean, undocumented people are they're just part of our society. They're Amen. part of my community. Men. Amen. And so it wasn't fair to me. As, as much as I was fearful applying to college and applying for scholarships, and it was my full-time job while I was, you know, while I was in high school, there are students who are just as smart, if not smarter, just as deserving, who have no problem getting into college, getting into, getting that acceptance into school, but don't go just because they can't afford it mm. because their undocumented students in North Carolina are not eligible for in-state tuition. Yeah. Um, they're not eligible for a lot of state funding, a lot of federal funding. So they have to fund their educations either personally or privately. Yeah. And that's really challenging. Really if you're challenging. undocumented, if your parents are undocumented, maybe you're not undocumented, but your parents are undocumented. Even that, that mixed family status can um, create a lot of barriers for a student yeah. who has done everything right. Everything they told, like, make sure you get good grades, volunteer, do community service, like all of these things, and take it, take the AP classes, take the SAT. They've done everything they were supposed to do, and then they get to the part where it's about, you know, financial aid, and they're they're stuck yeah. with no options. Yeah. And that is such an injustice, and I think an, a real um, gap, a real gap in, in education equity that, I, that is what I wanted to focus on. It's like I was able, I worked hard and I was able to get here, but not everyone has that same path. Not everyone who works hard gets there. And why, why is that? And so that's why, that's how I wanted to check my own privileges and, and wanted to start the scholarship fund. I didn't have any money to give anybody. And so I was like, well, businesses make money. And so business can do whatever they want with their yeah. money. And so this, this, you know, this, this, this joke about the food truck and and things like that. I was like, we could sell pupusas and give scholarships. Mm. And I was like, in my mind, it was that easy. It was that simple. I was like, let's do it. And then along the way, it's it's been like years, years of a journey to get to where we are today, to where we're we're in our third year of the scholarship and we're giving out $5,000 this year. It's incredible. And hoping to give out more. Where Our next year we'll have two more scholarship recipients and our first scholar will be entering her senior year next year. Yeah, that's, that's so incredible. Awesome. That's incredible, that's incredible to see. And so, so yeah, definitely the, the food truck is a means to an end, but I it's also its own, it's, it's also its own force yeah. in its own right. And I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I think that it, I was like, I'm, I'm going to sell pupus, I'm going to sk- give scholarships, but I was really doing two things. And so we have um, a for-profit food truck and catering company. We have the nonprofit, which manages the scholarship fund. And we keep those separate, you know, for legitis- le- um, legitimacy purposes. And also because it's it's a new example of how business can be a force for good. Yeah. Yes. 
Oh my gosh, Cecilia! One, I want to like, I, I, I basically want to cry right now. Um, how old are you, by the way? I'm 25. I want to be you when I grow up. I am so, the more I sit here and the more I look at you and the more I listen to you, I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up. And here I am, eight years older than you. Um, I just, I mean, I truly am so, you have done more in your 25 years of life than most people do in a lifetime. And I am like, I legitimately am like choking up right now. Um, Because you are the type of person that I think embodies so much of what like, we throw this term around all the time, like the American dream of just like mm-hmm. you, but you have not only taken that, you're like, well, I've fulfilled quote unquote, the American dream. And now I want to like use my position of privilege to help somebody else who is fighting for that same dream mm-hmm. and how, and maybe just because of where they were born or just because of where their parents were born or just because of their status here, like, there is some type of disadvantage that they are at and I want to help them and I want to lift them up and empower them. And like, if we all did what you are doing to like take our own positions of privilege and use that to lift up and empower other people, not give a handout, Mm -hmm. but a hand up and really come alongside people um, and help them, like think of where we would be. I mean, think of where we would be as a community, as a society. And one of the reasons, you know, and, and I have so many listeners here of the show who are not local to Durham. And um, if you come to visit, you're clearly going to have to look up So Good oh, Pupusas yeah. and come find where the truck is. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show um you know, even for people who are who are you know listening, because I actually have surprisingly a lot of listeners like in Africa and Australia and stuff like that, and like who will never come here. But but I want to show these examples of people who are taking their gifts, taking their passions, and using it, like you said, using business as a force for good, mm-hmm. because so often there can be this negative connotation with business, like oh, business is bad, business is greedy, 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 mm-hmm. and I'm like. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. You don't you have to overly complicate it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to run some large Fortune 500 company and donate millions of dollars a year. You should. You, you should. You <laughs> but should. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't but have it to doesn't be. But it doesn't have to be that. It can be mm-hmm. something as simple as your mother makes really freaking good pupusas and you start a food truck and you give scholarships to kids mm-hmm. in your community. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, like... How simple is that at the I mean, it's obviously a lot of work, but mm-hmm. I'm saying like the concept of it and just like the you just do it. Yeah. And so many people. The other thing that I think really impresses me about you is so many people talk and they're like, I really want to do this and I really want to impact my community and I really want to do this mm-hmm. and I really want to do that. And they never actually do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people are all talk and they are zero action. <laughs> and you are not only <laughs> talk but you are so much action by the age of 25 and how incredible is that and so I just want to say I think you're incredible I want to be you when I grow up and I could talk to you all day Mm. about this stuff because I think so much of what you share is also just important conversations that we need to be having and you know I try to stay away from uh too much political talk but I mean at the end of the day like these are people's lives and um Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's a political thing I think it's just a human rights thing and so I think the fact that um you know just the way you talk about um that undocumented people are they are a part of our community they're a part of fabric of our society and have been 
from the time our country was founded. <laughs> what's <laughs> what's the shirt that Cindy has that I'm like, I need that shirt. And it's like no one. Uh, no one's uh, illegal on stolen land. No one's illegal on stolen land. Mm-hmm. I, I remember <laughs> Cindy walked into the gym one day and I was like, <laughs> I yeah. need that shirt. Where's that shirt from? Yeah. Um, but really, I just think I think it's incredible. And I think that you are the type of person that I want inspiring others. And um, and also, too, the other thing I should say, and I've, I've talked about this in previous episodes, is just like you are part of the millennial generation. And so often the millennial, quote unquote, generation gets this bad rap of being lazy and entitled and yet like as a whole. And here you are like and so many other millennials that I talk to who are working their rear ends off to make their communities a better place. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's incredible. So kudos to you. And uh, just, uh, yeah, I cannot wait to continue to see how many more students you impact and how many lives you impact and how many more delicious pupusas you make. Um, so you started the, the food truck. You guys, you said you're now in your third year. Mm-hmm. And so what did that, I, I, have, I have to go back a little bit when you were like, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. What, what did that look like at first, like getting the food truck? And like, how did you go about learning? Because I would not know even the first thing of how to start a food truck. Well, yeah. What's what's really wild about my story is that I had, I had no idea what I was doing at the beginning. And I think it's something that I think you need to have um, as an entrepreneur. I didn't know I was being an entrepreneur I didn't know I was doing entrepreneurship at the beginning I was just like I'm just trying I'm just I'm just out here trying to do something and um I worked on a food truck a little bit uh before I worked on Cousins Main Lobster Truck when they first started in Durham oh that's awesome they I learned so much from them just about how point of sales work what's the process like inside the truck and um my the Moorhead was super supportive when I was like I'm trying to get this started I did a summer of um, independent research where I traveled to different um, parts of the of the U.S. like I, I went to Los Angeles parts of Texas and D.C. where the most Salvadorans are like that's mm-hmm. where um, like the biggest the largest groups of our diaspora are to see what they're doing yeah. and how they're making pupusas how they're serving them yeah. and so I did a lot of research and then I spent one summer just focused on launching my venture I think it was the first I was the first um, student um, part of the Moorhead Cane to, to launch that kind of summer mm. and, I, and I just loved that they were like okay you're going to do this we haven't had a student do this before let's go for it and I was like great I don't know what's going to happen let's do it and so there was a lot of that there was yeah. a lot of that um and just looking for the food truck. When I bought my first food truck, my food truck, my first food truck is still sitting in my parents' driveway. <laughs> it's, it's not in operation. <laughs> um, but I bought it. I found it like right down the street from my parents' house after after just searching and searching. And the first time I drive it, I'm driving it on the way to the mechanic, and it breaks down. Oh. And I couldn't be happier. Like I was in the truck. It was like midsummer. It was July something. I was sweating. I was smiling, and I just couldn't believe I had a truck. Yeah. And so, did you I, get like a grant or some type of business loan to get started out? Um, I a lot of um, a lot of family family uh, support at first, but we also grew very slowly mm-hmm. because. Um, the the type of business I wanted to start and what I wanted to do with it 
wasn't always the most attractive thing for people who wanted to invest yeah. and give grants to because when you give a grant or you, or you invest you want we weren't we weren't promising any return on investment because our shareholders were ultimately the scholarship recipients right um and also you know for someone to be like yeah we give a grant to this business and when you brag about them and not everyone wants to hear that they're giving scholarships to undocumented students mm. and so that was a tough go at first um it was thinking about how do I want to go about this? Should I be more strategic? You know, should I say uh, immigrant students or just students and not undocumented students? But uh, I really took, um, I really followed their their lead, the undocumented community's lead, and how they, you know, how they set the the tone about being unapologetic about who they are, being unafraid. So I was like, okay, well, we've got to be unapologetic and and you know about it as well. So no, we're not going to sugarcoat anything about what we do yeah. it's for undocumented students and if you're not on board with that then maybe you're not our investor you're not our customer yeah um so starting the food truck was a huge challenge uh, I, I like i told you I, I didn't know how to make pupusas when i first started yeah. my family was like what's going on it kind of creeped up on them and my mom was like i'm not gonna do this with you i'm not trying to make pupusas all day every day and I don't know. I, I think it's like when you talked about the American dream earlier, that really resonates with me because I think that my my parents came here with a dream. Like our, we the undocumented community talks about so much about how our parents were the the original dreamers. Yeah. And it was because yeah. of their dream of coming here that they were like, well, we want you to get an education. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what it's going to mean. Mm. We're not even sure that how much we can help you, but we're going to bring you here because the chances are better. And so I'm here, you know, I, I, I went to Carolina. I got the Moorhead Cane. I took a gap year. Mm. Like all these things that my parents were like, the school has sent her, well, during my gap year, they were like, the school has sent her somewhere in the world and we're not sure where she is, but we hear the weather's nice. And like we always talked about the weather, what time it was. And they were always supportive even though they weren't sure what I was up to. Yeah. Sometimes I'd be like, I'm, on it I'm in Italy on a farm or I'm in France or I'm, and they're like, that's crazy. Um, <clears throat> but they, they're the original dreamers and I think that I have the privilege of making the American dream, taking it a step further in that um, they're like, okay, you went to college, but what are you gonna, what do you, what is, what job does that get you now? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna start a food truck and sell pupusas. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> uh, okay. It was like uh, not the, not what they originally had planned. Like you're not gonna be a doctor, a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like, what job does global studies get you? And I'm like, food truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been something that they that everyone's adjusted to and they're like this is what you're doing in the meantime while you figure out what you're going to do next. And I'm like no, this is what I'm this is my next thing. And um <clears throat> cuz I I felt that too on my gap year. They're like so you're taking a year off. Why? And it, a gap year is really a year on, and, and that's really uh, so many things about my gap year that prepared me to be an entrepreneur, a social entrepreneur. Um and so they, they were all on board, though, because I the the idea of giving back of, of like you said, giving a hand up. Um, I saw that in action before it came yeah. to mind. Like I saw it in my parents and, and what they were doing. Like we always had someone who was either like just staying with us for a few weeks or someone who, you know, my dad was helping find a job. So I realized while when I was doing it, I was like, I'm doing something that I've already seen done. And I'm just doing it in a different way yeah. because my parents, having having immigrated and having um, been able to um, apply for asylum and then eventually residency and citizenship, they had a journey that worked, mm. you know, and, and it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. Not everyone who comes and tries and applies gets it. Yeah. And so 
that we're very fortunate in in that sense and so i i saw them say all right well we we've we've we're, we're, we're this far and we need to do something with that so who can we help yeah and so i've i'm doing something that i watched my parents do already yeah, yeah. so starting the food truck was not was not what anyone expected but everyone's like we understand why you're doing it yeah and it matters it matters that you're helping the the students you know you you were able to go to school that's all important and so it's it's been it's a family affair yeah really oh it's incredible mm -hmm. and so here you are now three years in and you're impacting so many people and uh you are feeding durham in a delicious mm -hmm. way yes. um so for if you are so if if you're local to durham and you want to find the food truck how do you do that? <laughs> yes, we're we're uh, working on our social media presence, but we we usually post where we're going to be selling publicly. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm really excited about our two main locations. You can find us mm -hmm. um, on Thursdays. We are at the Latino Community Credit Union, um, our nonprofit pupusas for education banks there. So awesome. I think it's important to bank in the community, and they've been a great partner in giving us a Thursday slot there. So we're there every Thursday for lunch and dinner from 10 to 2 and then 5 to 8. Awesome. And so every Thursday we've we're almost we're coming up on a year of being there every Thursday and it's been one of our, you know, Pupusa Thursday hashtag Pupusa Thursday is a thing. <laughs> and um, we're working on making Pupusa Tuesday also. A thing. <laughs> yeah. But eventually it's just going to be hashtag Pupusas every day. Pupusas all day, so, every day. Every day, yeah. So I'm excited about that Thursday slot. You can come see us there. And then on Tuesdays, we just started, we're in our second week of being at Coco Cinnamon. Awesome. Um, their Lakewood location. It's right by El Centro Hispano and County Fair. Yeah. Uh, we're there for lunch and dinner, same hours, 10 to 2, 5 awesome. to 8. Um, so we're in our second week of doing that. So we hope to be there every um, Tuesday as well. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can catch us there. The rest of the week, we're, we're out and about, sometimes catering, sometimes at events and rodeos. And so that's what we've got going on. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, Cecilia, before we go, this is my favorite part of the show, that I get to just ask you some fun get-to-know-you questions. Okay. And as my listeners always know, <laughs> um, this is the part of the show where my husband inserts some type of sound effect to transition us <laughs> to the uh, the get-to-know-you portion. Who knows what he will choose? It'll probably be some movie quote with maybe a reference to pupusas. I don't know. Do you have a favorite song or type of music that maybe you would like for us to transition? Oh There's the perfect song that comes to mind is this cumbia song called A Mi Me Gustan Las Pupusas. It's, okay. Like me Gusta Las Pupusas? Me Gustan Las Pupusas, yeah. All right. John, uh -huh. you heard that. Okay, me gusta las pupusas. We're gonna... <laughs> a mí me gustan las pupusas. <laughs> and, and then there's a part of the song that's like, no, no son tamales. Like, it's, no, it's not this, it's not this, it's pupusas, okay? <laughs> so if it's not pupusas, I don't want it. All right, so John Stillman, that's, that's your request. No, no son pasteles, son tamales, no. Um, okay, so first question is, what is your guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, Hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. Yeah, so good. Hot Cheetos, guilty pleasure because I have them almost every day. <laughs> and I shouldn't. <laughs> I really shouldn't. But they're so delicious. But they're so good. And I think it's uh, it's also my family. We're, we're really big on Hot Cheetos. And so I... Um, we have a special way that we prepare a pupusa on the truck. It's almost like our secret menu, like Starbucks, that Ooh, you can get your... Oh, a secret menu item, guys. Yeah, Pro tips. That It's not all the time that we have it, but on special occasions, we'll have... Um, you can get your pupusa prima style, prima which style. prima style is cousins, so it's it's an, it's an ode to my cousins. Ah! Um, it's just hot Cheetos on top. I love it. Like, however you like your pupusa with hot Cheetos on top. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the first career you dreamed of having as a kid? My first career, um, I really wanted to be in OBGYN. Really? Yeah. That's cool. I was really into women's health when I was young because of my sister. Um, and so I was like, ooh, I want to help deliver babies. I want to make sure moms are okay. <laughs> and... Um, have we, we uh, we're we're a heavily uh, female family, and so childbirth is like everyone is on board. Like we're all having this child. Mm-hmm. Like this child is all of ours. So so Cindy posted a Instagram story from a baby shower this mm-hmm. past weekend, and I was like, I'm not even gonna lie. That is nicer <laughs> than I think my wedding was. Like bigger and nicer than my wedding was. Yeah. She was like, she was like, ain't no shower like a Latina shower, baby mm-hmm. shower. There were pupusas at that shower. My tia was making pupusas at that baby shower, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, we are all having this baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, my next question is, what is your go-to song at a karaoke night? Ooh, go-to song? Um, let's see. Lately, it's been a refill. Oh, you know what song I'm talking about? I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, because it's it's not actually about drinking; it's about being like, like you know those feelings when you see somebody you like for the first time. Yes, kind of. And the I just like the way she sings it, and it's got like I don't know what in the background, like maybe like a I don't know a fiddle or just some cool instrument in the background. And I'm like, yeah, I really get into it, <laughs> and I can't really hit the high notes, but I go for it anyway. Yeah, always that kind of song. So refill is a lot of fun. It's, it's all fun about like the confidence. Yeah, when it comes you to karaoke, you can be the worst, but everyone wants to see a really confident bad singer for sure. It's for very sure. entertaining, and everyone's like, uh-huh. that was amazing. more, that more. Was incredible. I, I need more. <laughs> I need more. All right, and my last question is: For what are you most grateful for today? Oh, today, what am I most grateful for? Mm. I mean, I can keep it simple and just thank God for another day. Yes. Amen. Another day and, I mean, another opportunity to get up in the morning and and do something meaningful with my day. Being here, first, great way to start my day, being here. Oh, I love it. Talking about my story, getting other people to hear my story. And, I mean, then I go to work and I sell pupusas. I mean, I'm I'm just thankful that that's that's what I get to do every day. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Cecilia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, This has been such a pleasure, and I know you're going to inspire so many people. And um, uh, for the listeners, as always, I will have Cecilia's information along with So Good Papusa's information in the show notes. So if you're local to the Raleigh-Durham area, you can hit up So Good Papusa's. If you come to visit, you can hit up So Mm -hmm. Good Papusa's. And if there is somebody who is just really interested in supporting what you're doing, um, they are not local but they just think what you are doing is incredible you do have the nonprofit angle which so mm-hmm. you can make a donation can make to papusas um yeah. for it's papusas for edu- education education mm-hmm. um so you can make a donation to papusas for education i have no um you know hat in the ring here so i'm just mm-hmm. gonna go ahead and like say you should give your money to papusas for education
conversation because yeah. um what like I said what you're doing is incredible so thank you so much for coming on the show Cecilia thank you and and, and please if you have any questions or, or just want to talk um, we have Facebook and Twitter for so good pupusas um, pupusas for education is on Facebook and I'm also on Facebook people can follow me and I one of my fun my fun Instagram name is pupusa underscore mommy <laughs> And I was like, I'm my own boss. Let me change my name. Because it used to be like Cecilia's Polanco. Everything was formal, professional. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get fired from my job for having a funny name. So let me right. let me take a page out of Drake's playbook <laughs> and have a fun Instagram name. So it's pupusa underscore mommy. And you can follow me. I don't post much, but we can chat, I guess. I and, love it. I yeah. love it. Cecilia, you're awesome. I want to be you and a girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Okay, now do you see why I want to be Cecilia when I grow up? She's absolutely incredible. If you're in the Raleigh-Durham or Central North Carolina area, go check out So Good Papusa's food truck. I went there for lunch last week, and they were the best papusas I have ever had. I am actually thinking about probably going there for lunch today. And I just love the mission and heart behind this business. Now, if you're not local, you can absolutely donate to the nonprofit partner Papusa's for Education if you want to support their mission. All the details will be in the show notes as usual. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Causebox. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash Causebox and use the coupon code MOLLY for $15 off. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first-time listener of the show, welcome. And if you are a regular listener, thank you so much for your support week in and week out. Be sure to share the show with a friend this week. You can use the hashtag Business with Purpose podcast and tag me at stillbeingmolly on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, whichever social network you like best. Sharing the show with a friend really, really, really does help me so much. And I appreciate it so much. Also, if you have not left a review of the show on iTunes, I would also really appreciate that. It just helps me to know how the show is personally impacting you. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. Purpose.